Hey guys, before we begin this episode, I want to read a letter from Hannah, one of our listeners to D, one of our callers on last week's episode with Ed Drosty. Here's the letter. Dear D, after having gone through the intense turbulence of a toxic military relationship, I've come away with some strong opinions and conclusions. The first problem is that you're pressured to get married at such a young age, because if you don't, it is incredibly hard to maintain a relationship in any branch of the military. It's also a common and accepted idea that you marry your girlfriend or boyfriend in order to be together, because if not, the girl will cheat or the distance will kill you. Of course, a real, mature, and strong relationship can survive the distance. I saw my now husband twice a year for two years when he first signed up for the military. He constantly pressured me to get married and couldn't understand why I wanted to finish school first and get my life together before taking on a marriage. The military really brings out the most selfish parts of you, especially being so young. It doesn't matter if you live in the same house or in another country like my husband and I did. I always felt lonely. And a military dependent is seen as just an extension of the soldier. I can't even begin to delve into the degrading treatment of dependents. He's the breadwinner. He's got all the friends. He's taking care of the medical bills, the house, the insurance. And that is constantly being drilled into your husband's head from everyone around him. You are on the back burner. I can't tell you how many things I couldn't do on the base without my husband in tow. So as someone who has done the distance and finally gave up everything to save my marriage, I would say don't do it. Don't get married young, and especially not for the military. You will lose yourself, and it will not get better. You either adapt to your status as a dependent or set the boundaries to what you can or can't accept and be very clear, but don't give up your life to be someone's wife, because after everything is said and done, that's what you're doing. I know I'm going off on a tangent here, and I'm probably coming off as biased, but this isn't just me. There is a community of women up here, and we all discussed this. I feel for you, and I know you didn't call this hotline to be told to leave. You asked for ways to make things better. I just want to be realistic with you because this is my life. And that loneliness you feel on a military post, especially when you are away from your family, is soul-crushing. I have a beautiful daughter, and she is the only reason I'd ever give everything up again. I wish someone had been there to tell me that I was making a big mistake and I was too young to understand. So I'm telling you, D, do what's best for you. If he's getting out in three years, you guys will still have so much time to live your life because you'll be so young. I truly hope you handle that life better than I did. And maybe you're a stronger woman than I was. I will tell my daughter to be selfish in love, just like Anna always says. <laughs> because that's the best advice anyone will ever give you. <laughs> with love from Hannah. And thank you so much, Hannah. Truly, I can't thank you enough. One of the wonderful and unexpected things I've experienced with Unqualified is this feeling of community. And please, please, if you guys don't mind, help it grow. Just go to our website, unqualified.com, and send us your questions, your answers, and your stories. Thank you so much, dear listeners. I love you. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Unqualified with your host, Anna Ferris. Jolene, 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 Jolene. 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 Oh, 
I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. <laughs> ah, Jolene's taking that man. Jolene is a real bitch. Will you read your own bio? I sure will. You will? I'm a... You're so... Silly you're comedian. You're so fucking awesome. Oh, thank you. You are so fucking hysterical. Well, I, I can tell you a thing or two about myself. You please do. Emily Fortune Feimster. That's me. Was born July 1st, 1980, and grew up in Belmont, North Carolina. She is a writer, comedian, and actress, and supermodel. That part's not in there, <laughs> but I felt like you should know. I'm sorry, we should have added it. <laughs> Feimster made her television debut on NBC's Last Comic Standing and later co-starred as Colette on The Mindy Project. Feimster can currently be seen in the L Word reboot, Generation Q, and her Netflix comedy special, Sweet and Salty, premieres on January 21st. She is also the host of her own podcast, Sincerely Fortune. Sometimes I think stand-ups tend to feel the need to be constantly funny or happy right. or like when you encounter strangers. Like they need to entertain. Yeah. And then it's exhausting. You're like yeah. depleted of it all energy. Yeah. I think I'm in the middle because I am a little quieter and a little shyer at times than people would assume. Well, don't you think that's the thing with a lot of... Because I feel the same way. Yeah, I think people assume that all of us are on at all times. Because you think of like the quintessential stand-up, like Robin Williams, always on. You kind of think in that terms. And there are certainly stand-ups these days who are like that. But for me, it's like maybe there's a, more of a need to smile all the time and be pleasant all the time. And you don't want to let people down. Exactly. I don't want to disappoint somebody. Mm -hmm. I don't want somebody to walk away and be like, God, she was a fucking bitch. Yeah. Or when like, you're just like living your life, you know? Yeah. Because not everybody smiles 24-7, <laughs> you know? It's impossible. <laughs> but I definitely don't feel the need to be on. Like, I don't need to be the center of attention in a room. Mm -hmm. I'm just as happy being by the cheese plate. That's where we differ. And <laughs> And I'm like fine for someone else to shine. And as long as there's like a good Gouda. <laughs> I put that pressure on myself to yeah. be liked mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. And that's tough. Yeah. I guess for me, you find the moments, right? Where you're like, okay, I, don't, I might not be the center of attention right now, but then I'll have a, I'll go chat with whoever at some point and we'll. Do you find that audiences in different cities are different? Mm -hmm. Within the community, is it like, oh, I'm performing here and I know that they're going to be like this? Oh, yeah, for sure. Anytime you get asked to do a new club, yeah. we always text each other, what do you think of this place oh, okay. in Alabama or wherever it is? Or What cities are the most fun to perform in? Chicago. Okay. Great, great city because they love comedy. It's like a city, but then there's like that nice Midwestern mentality. Yeah. Nashville, great comedy scene. Austin, Texas, great. What about L.A.? L.A. can be tough. I feel like there's a lot of stand-ups that probably come, <laughs> right? Yeah. If we live here, this is where we have to work our material out. Yeah. But, you know, some people are like, who cares? Just get up there and do whatever. And other people are like, yeah, but there's industry all the time. Right. There's a pressure to not suck. Right, right, but you have right. to suck sometimes because, right. like, my special's coming out, but now I have to write a whole new hour. Right. I got to go to the comedy store and do new material at some point. I grew up in Seattle. Okay. In the 90s when it was, like, 
people were pissed. Really? Oh yeah. Everyone's oh yeah. The mad. grunge, the grunge oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, a little economic Flannel. depression. It was before like Amazon. Yeah. And, you know, Microsoft was just starting out. Whatever. Right. I've never done stand up, but I did theater there, mm-hmm. and the audiences there they're great because they actually go to see shows. Oh, that's nice. But I do find that they're snobby in a particular way. Oh, interesting. Like snobbiness in terms of like we're laughing at everybody else a little bit like we're in on the collective right i mean i love you seattle (laughs) (laughs) i love you seattle you're 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 great you're great people in the world also you're (laughs) a little judgy little judge Uh, (laughs) but but like new york is judging in a specific way i would think yeah they have a a taste uh, a certain taste and you either meet it or you don't you know a few times i've performed in seattle has been in bellevue Uh all right uh-huh. Yeah, and then the rest is Tacoma, which is a whole different ballgame than Seattle, I think. Yeah, but I haven't done like a a lot of shows there to really understand the audiences. I will say this: what they didn't buy a lot of merch. Oh yeah, Seattle. Yeah, well, we just like our plaid. <laughs> yeah, well, if you get some plaid merch in there, then I should have gone with plaid. I love a good plaid. But yeah, I, didn't I don't know if they like it, it anymore. <laughs> Other than that, they were a nice crowd. Okay, that's good. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Are they, is it all just a blur? I don't know. It does become a blur. I travel like every other weekend almost. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. That's crazy. Especially prepping for this tour. And I then, did 105-hour shows this year alone. Oh, my God. For 2019. Do you get heckled ever? Not a lot. A lot of people want to just be part of the show. They think they're helping out. Because watching your stand-up, you create a family. Yeah, like I just want everybody to have fun and a good time. Like we're all in this together kind yeah. of thing. I love like self-deprecating humor. I love observational humor. Mm-hmm. Like I love that bit when you are doing the Tuesday Night Stripper and you've got your stare. Mm-hmm. Give me the money. That was one of my jokes where I said, I don't have the body of a stripper. If someone wanted me to be one, I'd be more like a Tuesday Night Stripper. Trying to work my way up to Sunday brunch. <laughs> <laughs> So in your brilliant special, which is coming out January 21st, yes. is that right? Yep. Sweet and Salty. Sweet and Salty. Sweet and Salty on Netflix, yeah. In a conservative town, was that difficult like coming out? Well, I came out kind of later. and Like I can look back to growing up and clearly be like, oh, I was gay my whole life. But because I was growing up in the South and it's a more conservative area, I didn't see other gay people that were out. I didn't have like representation on television. So I didn't know that I was gay. I knew that there was some sort of angst inside of me. Yeah. One of my first stand-up jokes was talking about how I would get very intense about friends, friends that were girls. And my mom would be like, I don't understand why I get so upset when your friend Michelle goes out on a date with a guy. And I was like, because she's my best friend. I didn't know I was like infatuated with that girl. You know what I mean? I just saw... I'm such a good friend. 
that nobody else can be in the picture. But, you know, finally I came out and I go, oh, that's what that was. But because I grew up, it was a different time. You know, there was no YouTube and I just didn't see gay people. So I didn't see it in myself. Yeah. It took me moving to Los Angeles and then I didn't come out till I was 25. And then once I came out, my hometown was actually pretty, pretty supportive of it. I was uh, not sure how to like tell people. You already have to sit your whole family down and have that weird I'm gay talk, which is so nerve wracking. So then I was like, well, how am I going to tell my friends? Like, I don't want to just like sit everyone down. So I did a stand up show in my hometown in like the back of a bar. Which is brilliant. (laughs) Wait, are you, you are engaged. I am engaged. And how did you meet your fiance? Well, how did we meet? We met at Chicago Pride, Gay Pride. I had some friends. They put on this big event every year for Chicago Pride. They do awesome parades, don't they? They have great parades. So my friends that were running this event were like, come hang out that weekend. And I love Chicago. And my best friend from L.A. that I lived with for seven years, he had moved to Chicago. So I was like, I'll stay with him. I'll um, go do this lesbo thing. And I uh, was very single. I had just... Very single. I was very single. I'd been dumped <laughs> oh. like six months before that. And so I was like, had licked my wounds from that. You know, that whole thing where they're like, you'll... Because I kept dating one dud after another. It was always like, you know, in LA, I think it's hard to date. Everyone's kind of like looking for the next best thing. Everyone thinks that the grass is always greener. So I couldn't find anyone who wanted to commit, you know? And so I was just like constantly like hitting my head against the wall with dating. And I sort of just had this moment, kind of want to say like a month before I went to Chicago, where I was just like, who cares about dating? I'm done. I don't care anymore. I'm not trying. And, you know, everyone says, like, you'll meet someone when you least expect it. And I always thought that was bullshit. And then I go to this event. I'm there not even 15 minutes. And these two girls walk up. And one is my now fiance. The one girl wanted, uh, asked if she could take a picture. And Jax, who's my fiance, she didn't really know who I was. And she just knew that her friend wanted a picture. And she was like, ah, just take a picture with her. Who cares? So we took a picture. And I remember thinking like, wow, that blonde chick is very cute. But I just assumed they were together and didn't think anything else about it. And then she came back like 15 minutes later and she was like, hey, our picture really sucked. Can we take one again? And so I was never good with talking to women. I was not good at approaching anybody. I was very awkward, but it gave me a false sense of self-confidence because I thought, oh, I think she might like me because she's coming back. I bet that picture is awesome and she's just making this <laughs> up. So we take a picture. We kind of like let our arms linger and... uh we kind of chat for a little bit. Then throughout the night, we kept running into each other. And I, in my head, thought she was into me. So I was being more confident than I would have been otherwise. We exchanged numbers and ended up hanging out that entire weekend. And have basically been together ever since. And was she living in Chicago or was she there visiting She was. Well? She was living in Chicago. She was a kindergarten teacher there. But we had mutual friends, so I was able to be like, hey, what's this girl's deal? And they're like, oh, she's great. She's a kindergarten teacher. She's super cool. And it turns out she wasn't hitting on me. 
the picture oh. was indeed <laughs> bad. <laughs> and her friend really didn't want a redo. <laughs> and But, you know, it was one of those things where everything sort of lined up. And she had gone through a breakup also six months earlier and was dating and kind of was getting to a point where she was done dating the people she was dating. And she and her mom were going to Italy for a few weeks together. And um, her plan was to tell everyone she wasn't going to have phone access. And so she just kind of restart everything. And then she ended up being like, hey, yeah, I'm going to have phone access. We were able to get to know each other. In a very organic, even though it started sort of in a, like, whoa, we're hanging out all weekend. We were able to sort of take a step back and kind of get to know each other from afar. Does she have like an extraordinary amount of patience? (laughs) She does. She does. But I do. She does sometimes treat me like a kindergartner, (laughs) which I'm not saying I don't act like one. But that whole like, did you wash your hands? (laughs) You know, or like, don't lick your knife. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I feel like I was raised in a barn playing with her. But yeah, she's a pretty extraordinary teacher and she's patient for sure. Yeah. So we were long distance for a year and then she ended up moving to L.A. We've been together almost five years now. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. And you guys have wedding plans? We don't have, we've been engaged two years. Uh, so we're really speeding into this. Is everybody like, when are you guys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah including me. And well, you're no, like, we just it, met. But that's a legitimately uh, great question because, you know, normally people get engaged and you start planning things. And we've yeah. just been like, we got engaged and we'll get married eventually. Hopefully this year. I think this year. Big wedding? No, probably like courthouse wedding and then like a party. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so if you were single, okay, these are the deal breakers, okay? All right. Number one, you're at baggage claim together. You've gone on your first trip together. Okay. So uh, we're not, so we're together, but we're not engaged. That's no, what, no, no, no. This, this or is I'm, like, I'm like, no one's dating me. You, I'm a loser at the baggage claim. Date, let's say you've been dating for like a month. Okay, a month. Gotcha. But you like her enough, you take her to Albuquerque. <laughs> I'm going to take her to Albuquerque. You take her- what am I going to do in Albuquerque? <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Albuquerque. You're doing a show. They love you there. Okay, okay. Then you get back to LAX. Okay. And you're at baggage claim, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like on one end of the chute. Yep. And you're on the, you're checking out the other end. Okay. To get your bag. Yeah. They call we, them chutes, right? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so she yells, Mama, I got your bag. <laughs> and then she comes over and she says, Oh, mommy, you were so smart to have a pattern bag. I found it right away. And she just keeps calling me mommy. Deal breaker. <laughs> a month in is uh, is not enough to have that kind of rapport. Mommy? I like the word daddy better. Not daddy. that I want to be a daddy, but I think it's funny if you're like, hey, daddy, I got the bag. Daddy's funny. But mommy's like, mommy. that's creepy. And Yeah, maybe she's like, it's just that I'm younger than you are, and I don't want like anyone to, you know think that <laughs> i would be like this is weird yeah, and we should probably break up she's kind of awful clearly there's a larger age difference here than i realized when we started two years. dating oh, two years <laughs> i'm like oh i gotta get my i gotta get my hair dyed actress right so she's been lying about her age a little bit oh okay yeah yeah this sounds like a yeah, deal yeah. breaker to me yeah okay so on the first date yes it's a different woman okay a different one on the first date she asked the waitress for the children's menu and also 
she wants crayons. That wouldn't be a deal breaker for me because sometimes the children's menu is better. At a hotel room yeah. service? Oh, for at sure. a hotel for sure. But this is not that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Ruth's Chris. Because <laughs> I would probably just assume that she's not that hungry and it's not like a maturity thing. So it's not a deal breaker? No, because also like there are, you know, sometimes at restaurants they give you crayons and I've used them. Would you inquire about it? No, I'd probably be like, oh, that's interesting she'd say yeah i'm an artist and i would be like oh okay i have several different mediums you know i work with clay sometimes play-doh because it's easily moldable and it doesn't really dry out too much and then i and i also work with crayons i would assume she was a kindergarten teacher no 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 no. i'm an artist Mm. (laughs) my bad i didn't realize you were so yes i just like to tap into a child's mind Interesting. Yes. And where could I find your work? Oh, my God. All over. Okay. Oh. So you're pretty popular. Ugh. Guggenheim. What? Yep. Okay. Tate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Do you like her? I don't not like her. Really? I would, I would go on a second date. Really? Yeah. She's intriguing. But she's a liar. <laughs> but I don't know that. I don't know that yet. How do you not know? Because I'm naive i'm from the south (laughs) just i'm just assuming the best in her you don't think that southerners are some of the most cynical of all they're more like oh that sweater Ooh, bless her heart bless her heart it's not as much cynical like they're not thinking the worst they're more just like judgy but they are still trying to be polite but is it a forgiving culture or no is it grudge holding oh it's for it can be forgiving yeah but what if, like, your neighbor's daughter, like, fucked, you know, somebody's <laughs> boyfriend or right, husband right, right. or something? They never forget. That's, yeah, yeah, but yeah. But they'd still spend Christmas together. Okay. <laughs> Southerners are not afraid of an awkward Christmas. And in the kitchen, they'd be like, you see that? You see that little bitch? You know what she Glad did? Of cleavage. And they go, you got, does anybody need anything else to drink? Anybody, are you guys good? Does anybody need snacks? I tell you, I'm, I don't want to sh- shove this right up her little you know what. But they'd still get her a snack. I love the South. I love it. I love it. We love everywhere. everywhere. Seattle, Albuquerque. Yeah, we love South. it all. We're not here to judge anyone. How many brothers do you have? Two older brothers. I have an older brother. Yeah. But were they, like, protective of you? Did they kind of bully you? Oh, Did they? They could be protective, but mostly they were the uh, the bullies. Because <laughs> it was a very rough and tumble kind of household. They were, like, dudes, you know? And so we were all playing sports. We were all running around in the neighborhood. We'd get in fist fights. Did they call you Emily or Fortune? They called me Emily, yeah. I grew up as Emily. Would they be like, Emily? <laughs> yeah. Emily. Get yeah. The fucking year. Oh, they definitely didn't treat me like I was a girl. If you acted, you know, quote unquote, like a girl, you would get beat up. Right. Because <laughs> all the kids in my neighborhood were boys. So it was just a big pack of boys and me just like wrestling or playing soccer, or playing football. And I wanted to be part of the group. So I just had to toughen up. Yeah. I'm grateful that I had an older brother. I have an older brother. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's still with us. (laughs) I'm grateful that he made me. I mean, we fought all the time, Mm -hmm. and he was a—he's a big dude. Yeah, and I was a really short kid. Uh And it's it's crazy. He's a professor of sociology, and his specialty is bullying. Oh my god! (laughs) You're like studies. Like takes one bullying. I know. (laughs) 
but I'm, I'm really grateful for it. But at the time, it was tough. I always felt like I had to be tough. I was the opposite. They would, like, punch me in that back. <laughs> Mom! I was such a wuss. Oh, my mom wouldn't protect me. I think that was like a product of like the 80s. You just had to fend for yourself. Remember like people were just like walking home from school all the time. Oh, completely. And they're like people were getting kidnapped left and right. And everyone's like, God, I wish we could prevent this. And you're like, maybe pick them up from school. (laughs) Everyone was just left to their own devices. Just like, here's a key. I know you're seven, but you got this, right? (laughs) Isn't it so funny how our childhoods just like totally shape our stuff? Everything. I always wonder if a lot of performers, especially comedians, are younger siblings. Uh Because there's that thing where it's like, you know, look at me. Hey. Right. (laughs) Hey, who wants to test your talent show? I got a talent. (laughs) Did you do a lot of plays when you were a kid? No, I didn't do any theater until college. Well, I did like church plays. They don't care. Oh, (laughs) I want to hear about a church play. What does that mean? What does a church play mean? Well, you know, in the South, everyone goes to church. That's like a requirement. Right. There's different church activities. You know, you go through the gamut from you start off at vacation Bible school. That's like a week in the summer where you sing Jesus songs all week. And like, eat our God is an awesome, awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. Yeah, that's one. That's one of the hits. <laughs> <laughs> then you graduate to choir. Yeah. Uh, so you sing oh, the choir. Wow, less exciting. Right? Yeah. Sometimes that leads to handbells. <laughs> I don't know what a handbell is. You don't. The thing, you know, uh, the, I don't oh, know. The like, ding. The, okay. Yeah, it's like a bell I on love a, how on a handle. Okay. And you go, That's kind ding, of fun. Ding. Like, was that like a status symbol? Like if you got to play the handbells, does that mean like you're really no, getting up there? No, it just meant you were a nerd that was in the choir at church. But what I thought was hilarious is that all the dainty girls would get to ring the like oh. soprano bells. The like, oh. you know, ding, 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 ding. And so they got to play a lot. They were always like, ding, 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 ding. And then I would get the giant bell that's like, dong. And they're just like, you know, furiously doing their handbells. And I'm like, I just get one dong. So I was really, uh, they're like, we'll give the hefty one the the giant handbell. So then you go from handbell choir to occasionally they'll have a play. Usually it's some sort of Jesus story, like Jonah and the well. There was a story about Jonah getting swallowed by a well. Oh, I thought... Or whale. (laughs) I I can't say well. I I know. A whale. I was like, I'm not sure I'm familiar with Jonah and the well. (laughs) The well. Did he fall in a well? Well, maybe he... I can't say whale. Whale. (laughs) Hey, guys. Jonah's in the well again. (laughs) He's in a whale. We got to save him. (laughs) Throw him a rope. (laughs) I just remember there was a song, Jonah... Jonah, 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 Jonah. (laughs) But the lyrics were hard to master. Yeah, pretty pretty much. So it was plays like that where there's like some singing involved and there's like a fake whale and you're all pointing at it. Then he gets saved and we're like, 
glorious God is our Savior. He did this. I don't know the words to the song, but. But then what made you in college decide to So do? then in college, the reason I didn't do plays in high school and middle school is because I was a big sports gal. And you couldn't do both where I was from. You either played sports or you did theater, but they were all after school. So I was so into sports that I was like, no theater. Then in college, the theater was usually at night. I played tennis and soccer in college. So I could still play sports. And then I would have theater after that. Did you like that kind of performing more than... No. No. My freshman year, I didn't do any theater. But I liked all the people in the theater department at my school. So I was like, I want to hang out with them more. They're all doing theater, so I should do theater too. So I tried out for a play, and they were like, you can do the sound booth. (laughs) And I was like, oh, what part is that? They're like, no, 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 you're going to do the sound in the booth for the play. I was like, got Don't it. Don't move the levers too much. Okay? Yeah. Just pretty much look at them. So my first couple of plays, <laughs> I was behind the scenes. I think I did a total of three plays my entire college. And I didn't thrive because um, I had terrible stage fright at the time. Like I wanted to throw up every time I got on stage. And our plays were weird. It would be like... Plays that, like, no one else did. I don't even know where he found these plays. And, you know, I'm in the South. We were just like, can we just do Steel Magnolias already? (laughs) And he's like, no, we're going to do it, you know. Or it would be like, you know, check off. It would either be some obscure play or something really complex. Right. Yeah, the theater was not somewhere I thrived in. And no one would have ever thought I would be the one to go to L.A. and make a living acting and doing comedy. So I was watching some of your YouTube videos. I was really drawn to Darlene Witherspoon. Yeah. (laughs) And I was really hoping that Darlene would come to Los Angeles and audition for things. Oh, yeah? Okay. Darlene can do that. Darlene is a Hooters waitress. Yeah. She's known for certain abilities. Okay. Darlene? My name's Darlene Witherspoon. I am not related to Reese. Oh, okay. I get right. that a lot. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like you don't have too much experience. Is this one of your first auditions? Oh, do I need experience? I just came because they were like, listen, you're going to go up to California and try out for this part, and mm. it's now really fun. And I um, borrowed my neighbor's Toyota, a very fancy car, mm-hmm. and here I am. Well, good for you. Good Thank for you. you. Good for you. Okay, <clears throat> so here's the copy. Okay. Let's do a cold read. Okay. I have to say, I did not know I was going to be doing this. My skills were in the, I don't know if this is something I put on my resume or tell you, but I can shoot a ping pong ball out of you know where. Uh, well, I uh, shot I, it about 25 feet once. Okay. Well, that. Um, I don't know if that helps maybe you get should this put job, but I don't know. Your... I just thought I'd tell you. Thanks, darling. No, that, that's not required for this one. Oh, okay. but But what I need you to do is just say your name. Okay. Darlene Witherspoon. Now go ahead and read the copy. Well, I don't, I'm not a great reader. Uh, I live down in Florida and uh, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, You know. uh, Okay. I used to have hardest time sleeping at night. I get that because I don't sleep a lot. I work at Hooters Uh, and it's hopping. Darlene, can we Uh, stop right there? Oh, yes. This is for the client. Okay. So I'm going to need you to just... Just simply read what's on the page. Oh, I get it. I have a couple clients, too. People come into Hooters, and they pay me to shoot that ping pong. They call me the, okay, we're recording right call now me the this... world champion ping pong cooter shooter. That's my nickname. All right. Okay. 
my legs wouldn't leave me alone. What? That I didn't realize that would be such a great transition okay. from darling, what I was talking about. Darling, can we take it from the top and just oh, please? I gotta go. To I gotta do it again. Yeah, just take it from the top and Whew. just acting's hard. Yep. Okay. I used to have the hardest time sleeping at night. My legs wouldn't leave me alone. It was so bad. It was even hurting my relationship. Oh my God, this is so hard. That sucks. It was hurting her relationship. Okay, Darlene. My doctor said I have restless, restless leg syndrome. Restless leg syndrome. Re- <clears throat> Restless. 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 Leg syndrome. Leg syndrome. RLS. Turns out it's pretty darn common. Then I started taking zing zing jondrez. Zing jondrez. Zing jondrez. And I feel like I finally got my legs back. Side effects of zing jondrez is daytime sleepiness, nauseas. <laughs> Darlene, that was. Did I see, get it? Here's the thing. Okay, you tell me what you want to tell me. Uh, I would love for you to do one, just one more time. Oh my god! Just one more time. Really? Just one more time. Woo, Hollywood. I swear. I, I no. I normally judge beauty pageants. I need you to pick up the pace. Okay. So oh, I gotta talk faster. It's only a fifteen second spot. Okay. A fifteen second. How long was that? Four minutes. <laughs> Is that four minutes? Just about. Okay. I don't know. Why don't you slate again? Because I'm not sure I want to show the client that okay. one. I'm okay. not sure the client's going, just do it again. There's a lot of people outside. Should we ask the client if they would rather no. me shoot a ping pong out of my no, cooter? No, shooter? We should, no, we're not going to do that. Okay. Oh, I got, okay. Slate again. And Darlene Witherspoon, I am not related to Reese. I get that all the time. Action. Now what? Action. Action. What happens there? Read the copy. I read the copy. Okay. I used to have the hardest time sleeping at night, but not now because I got a a drug and it made me better. I got my legs back and I feel like a new woman. I just tell you there's this stuff called, uh, I got a Reese's syndrome and it started getting better. My legs got back, and I've got. I took this pill. Okay, darling, can I stop you? Oh, uh, okay. Let me just. I know this is one, probably your first audition. Uh, it's your first. It audition. is, in fact, my okay. first audition. Let me just give you a read. Oh, okay. and I'll I'll give you a sense of what the client wants. Okay, I would love that. Oh my gosh, this is exciting. I used to have the hardest time sleeping at night. Mm. My legs wouldn't leave me alone. Oh, yeah. It was so bad; it was even hurting my relationship. Mm, that's right. My doctor said I have restless leg syndrome. Oh, RLS. Turns out it's pretty darn common. Then I started taking Xanadron. What? That's, that's the word? And it feels like I finally got my legs back. Oh, my God. You know what? You should actually get this part. They want someone with a southern draw. I'm not quite sure why. I don't know. I just felt like, I mean, so who's going to buy it from me? <laughs> if you told me, I'd be like, no. But when you did it, I was on my phone ready to buy it. Has anyone ever told you that you're a little bit like a cat? I have been told I have a nice pussy. <laughs> But I've never been told I'm like a cat. Well, I think your future's really bright here in Hollywood. Okay. 
Yeah. I'm excited. Thank well, you so much for coming. Oh, in. is that it? That's it. Will you guys let me know if I got the part? We will be in touch. Let you know. Okay, I'll be in the alley. If you got the part. Of the Hooters. You want to see that okay. that ping pong cooter shooter trick? You just let me know. And they allow you to do that. They, it's not technically allowed. That's why I hang out in the alley. But if someone just brings like a towel and a pack of Budweiser, I'll do it for five dollars. It's okay. under the table. I don't make a lot of tips in the Hooters, so it's my side job. But I trust <laughs> you not to say anything to my manager. Oh. <laughs> Listen, I'm a commercial casting agent. I, I, I have to have a couple of side gigs I here get there. It. Listen. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I do... We're going to talk to some strangers. Yes. So first we're calling Eileen. Eileen. Yeah. Hello. Hi, is this Eileen? Yes. Hi, it's Anna. Hi, Anna. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm talking to you. This is so cool. I'm here with Fortune Feemster. Hi, Eileen. Hi, Fortune. I'm a big fan. <gasps> I loved the mini project. Oh, thank you. So Eileen, will you tell us what's happening? Yeah. So I met my boyfriend a little over a year ago, and he was living in Asheville, North Carolina, which is about six hours away from where I live. Mm -hmm. Even with the distance, our relationship went really well. We hit it off right from the start, and it's been going really great. And recently, I mean, like two weeks ago recently, he made an awesome, amazing sacrifice, and he moved to my city and moved in with me and kind of gave up his life in Asheville so he could kind of really give it a shot. Mm -hmm. um, but I am terrified because <laughs> this is the first time I've lived with a partner and I am scared I'm going to mess it up. So I really wanted some unqualified advice from some people that might have more experience in that department than I do. Oh, so wait, wait, Eileen, are you guys living together now? Has he already moved in? Yes. He moved in a couple of weeks ago. Is he working? Not yet. So he works in education and he was on winter break at the high school that he worked at. So he just took his two weeks notice and he's trying to find something here. Oh, he loves Aww. you though. He that's, does. that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. 
It's really sweet. How's it going so far? So far, so good. I mean, unfortunately, this is like the tiniest apartment on the planet. Mm. So we have to kind of work out, you know, what's going where and figure out kind of the organization of it all. But so far, it's been pretty good, I got to say. Does he have a lot of stuff? Not a lot of big furniture, which works out well. But, you know, obviously other stuff that you accumulate throughout you know, years of living. The hiccups that I've had in the past when I've lived with somebody is I've let myself get annoyed with stupid shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can't sweat that yeah, small Yeah, like, stuff. um, there's a wet towel on the ground. And meanwhile, I'm the worst. I'm such a slob. <laughs> the one thing that drives me insane is leaving stuff out in the kitchen and he cooks a lot, which is so sweet, and I love that about him. But the kitchen will just be a disaster area mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes. So I'm trying to be better about being crazy about that. I'll say briefly, um, from my experience, my partner and I were long distance for a year. And we had to make that decision, too, where we were like, we are either going to break up. <laughs> Or move in together because the long distance is too hard at some point. And she decided to move to L.A. for me. So there's a lot of, I think, guilt maybe on your part that you're thinking, oh, my God, I'm taking this person from his city and friends and they're having to find a new job. And so you're like, oh, my God, what if this person moved all the way out here for me and it doesn't work out? You get, like, scared. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we we were driving her car from Chicago to LA and we were kind of fighting on the way. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God, I just made a terrible mistake. <laughs> but once we got to LA, we woke up the next day and just sort of, you kind of were like, oh, okay, no, this is, we're going to be good. We're going to be okay. So I think that you're probably just scared because it's new. Yeah, it's a big adjustment. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have any pets? No, we really want to get a dog, but the place that we live in now doesn't allow pets. So we're kind of in a, no. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a bad thing to get a pet? Well, if you're in a really small (laughs) apartment, it just adds another element to your new situation. Yeah. So I don't mean, get a pet yeah. just, just till you yet. get it till you get a bigger place. <laughs> so wait on the pet. Wait on just, the pet. Yeah, just just for a bit while you guys are still acclimating, you know, to yeah. like, to the new thing. And um, another thought too, Eileen, just something to keep in mind. In the past, for me, I was in a relationship with an actor who wasn't employed for a long time. Um, resentment started to grow on both ends, you know? Yeah. I think that he grew restless and I was like, why haven't you done anything? You know, Uh so so I'm not suggesting that your boyfriend is at all like that and I'm sure he'll find a job. But then what happens though is that people focus on nitpicky stuff. So it's those little things like, why didn't you take out the trash? It's trash day that are part of sort of something else that's happening. Mm -hmm. My partner is very set in her ways. And sometimes I have to be like, you just have to like, instead of focusing on the things I did bad, I'm always like, can you focus on, okay, maybe I didn't unload the dishwasher how you would have done it, but I unloaded the dishwasher. Like it's kind of focusing (laughs) on the more positive part of it. Because I'll try to help, and she's like, you're messing it up. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm, try- I'm trying to help. Let's yeah. focus on that. It's like our team almost won. Yeah. I highly recommend trying to see the good in what he's trying to do yeah. while figuring out your way of doing things. That's good advice. I want everything to work out, and, you know, it's just 
stressful <laughs> and also happy. It's yeah. also been like a really happy time too. Oh, that makes me happy. Yeah. I'm really, Definitely really focus glad. on the more like this is exciting and new and let's have fun figuring this out together. Instead of being worried about what's going to happen, try to focus on yeah. that more like what a fun, new, exciting step we've taken. Yeah. And I don't know, there's probably not space for a dishwasher, but that you're like get a dishwasher you're like why can't you use just two knives can you get a, eight can you get an outdoor dishwasher put it somewhere it's tough, you guys. hey eileen keep in touch with us and hey dear listeners if you guys also have any tips for eileen about moving in with somebody um please let us know that would be cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I'm really happy for you. Me too. Yeah. Thanks, it, guys. This was delightful. And I just, I love you both so much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello? Katie? Hi. Hi, it's Anna. Hi, how are you? I'm great. I'm here with Fortune Feimster. Hi, Katie. Hey. Will you tell us what's happening? So I've been with my partner for five years, and we got engaged in July after me hounding him about it for, I don't know, two years. Mm -hmm. And then I decided not to go super into wedding planning. We like picked a date for this November, and then I was like, I have time. So instead of focusing my energy on that, I kind of focused my energy on our relationship, and I realized that it has some issues. Mm -hmm. Like um, our sex life is almost non-existent. And when it does exist, I feel like I have to either complain that we're not having sex or ask to have sex or just feels very one-sided. And um, I write on the side. So, you know, sometimes I want him to read what I write. And it took him six weeks to read a short story. It was probably like six pages long. I don't know. It just feels like we're more roommates than anything else. Mm -hmm. Katie, it sounds like you're in some pain and I'm really, I'm really sorry about that. But it sounds like if you guys got married, I suspect that you're kind of answering sort of your own question a little bit here. Your feelings are hurt. He doesn't seem interested in you. And he may be, but he also may not be capable of giving you what you need in general whether it's sexually or creatively or emotionally or intellectually, it just may not be of interest to him. That's an incorrect way to put it. But that he just may not be of that mindset. Unless you see yourself in five years 
married and happy and things have shifted, then you probably shouldn't get married at this point. What do your friends and family think? Have you asked them about this? They are kind of saying what you're saying uh, most of the time. I think some of them are thinking it and not willing to like say it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I've definitely asked a lot of people and all the women I've talked to that are divorced are like, no. I know. (laughs) I'm twice divorced, Katie, and tell you what. Stop right. I know. (laughs) But but I think that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves about timelines, you know, Mm -hmm. about how, especially with women, it's like, okay, I'm supposed to get married by this age and then have a baby by this age and have this person be my maid of honor or whatever. And then, and I don't think that the societal timeline leads to personal happiness. Why do you love him or why do you want to love him? He's a very kind person mm-hmm. and he's a very funny person. So like on the daily stuff, we click really well, but it's the big stuff that's kind of failing. Have you talked to him about these things? I've talked to him to an extent about it. He always has these very like short responses so the conversation seems is even kind of one-sided and so I stop but I have probably more about the sex thing than anything else Mm -hmm. but also just taking things seriously that I think are important yeah it's not that much stuff if I'm honest I don't know not reading your work if something that's intimate and passionate to you that that's Mm -hmm. that's not unrelated to sex you know that's like being a partnership and it sounds to me like you feel like he's not being a partner to you. And I don't want you to enter into a relationship where you feel like you're giving more to the relationship than he is, because that will only just sort of grow. And that pattern then just expands, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't want that pattern to solidify in a marriage. Right. Because I think then you'll be unhappy. Mm -hmm. Is the relationship easy or is it always kind of a struggle? I guess easy. We're both really laid back most Mm -hmm. of the time. So like we never fight. Right. Ever. Uh, I mean, it's easy, I guess. It's easy unless I try to bring up important issues. It's easy as long as you guys have, like, a good Netflix program. (laughs) Right. As long as you keep the status quo. Yeah. But you're not getting what you need, per se, so. No, and and apparently he's getting everything he needs. That's what he said in our first counseling session. Like, he's he's good. Right. And, like, I'm the one that's not. Right. Which I found interesting that it could be so different. Right. You know, I've had to learn and I think I'm still learning through the best years of my life <laughs> my golden 20s I'll never get them back <laughs> that you but that you can't make an unhappy person happy you can't and it sounds like maybe the solution right now is to tell him let's just put off wedding planning you don't have to necessarily put a hold on the engagement or even say anything about it publicly or anything like that to anybody. But I think that that going forward just does not sound great at all. I mean, you clearly have a lot of questions about it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think people get into their heads like, oh, well, once we get married, things will be like this. Or Yeah. Yeah. I was like that with getting engaged. So, right. The yeah, problems will go it. away. They'll amplify. They, so you have yeah. to make sure... The only way to really move forward with the wedding is to see actual change, like actual needs being met. And, yeah. You know, so you can't rush into getting married if those issues still exist. Can you tell him, like, the timing isn't quite right for our wedding right now? We don't need to rush into anything. 
I love you, but I'm not quite sure I'm as happy as you are with the state of things. Right. It just is not a great idea. And I bet, just like you said, you know how some people in your life are afraid to tell you? I've definitely been in relationships where the writing's been on the wall and some of my friends and family are, have been afraid to tell me. And I, the truth is I wouldn't have listened. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it would have yeah. done any good, but I'm sure if you were to eventually tell your friends and family like, yo, you, you know what, we're just going to hold off on the wedding for a beat, probably no one would be surprised. Probably some people would be relieved. <laughs> also, when you when you talk to him, his reaction will tell you a lot. You know, if he's like, all right. Right. Or if he's dramatic, like, so what does this mean? Are you breaking up with me? And that feels manipulative. Yeah. Or if he's like, what, baby? No, 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 no. I love you. I want to do whatever it takes. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. his reaction will tell you a lot about the person that you're going to be with for a lifetime. Right. And to me, Katie, it just sounds like, and I think you know in your gut too, and I'm sorry, but I think it's just not quite right yet. And I think that he needs to find a place where he's happier in order to have a ha- happy, healthy relationship, you know? And he's got to step mm-hmm. up in the th- yeah. you know, in certain areas for yeah. you to really be able to move forward. Okay. You need to feel loved. Yeah. But Katie, please know that you're not alone and will probably get a lot of feedback and lean on people that you trust and that are supportive without being judgmental in any way. I guarantee you that there's a lot of people out there that can completely relate to exactly what you're going through. Yeah. Lay out your needs and see if he can step up to the plate. And I think that will, you know, be your answer. And you know what? Yeah. There's a big wide world out there and there's a lot to do. There's a lot of fun to be had. There's a lot of joy to be had. I promise you. Well, thank you. I love you, Katie. And thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, of course. Love y'all. Best okay, please be best in touch. of luck, Katie. Well, it was great to talk to you guys. Thank you. Bye, Katie. Bye. The fortune. Anna. Do you have a favorite joke of mine, or just in the just in, in the, the world. world? I just felt the need to <laughs> to lighten it up. Yeah. What's the difference between deer nuts and beer nuts? One's uh three dollars and one's under a buck. <laughs> <laughs> My dad used to tell me that all the time. <laughs> okay, there's two blondes. Yeah. And there's a river in between them. Mm-hmm. And one blonde yells to the other one, Hey, how do I get to the other side? And the other blonde yells back, You're already there. <laughs> I can tell that because I'm blonde. I can appreciate it because I'm (laughs) blonde for the most part. (laughs) Me too. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You're incredible. I appreciate it. This was such a treat for me. 